Hello, my name is Doug. I'm a nerd, and this is my vomit. This is Nerd Vomit. I've already messed up the intro twice, so let's just get right into the vomitorium so I don't go for a hat trick trying to be perfect, which I never will be. So that was slightly soul-crushing and depressing right off the bat. Like I said, let's get right into it. Last week, I kind of foreshadowed and teased that I'd be talking about Punisher Season 2. I finally finished it yesterday, in fact. I know it took me a while to get through. I've been so busy playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I beat the Toy Story uh, world. I'm in the Tangled world right now. Uh, I've just been totally enveloped in Kingdom Hearts 3 while I'm at home. I I bought Jump Force. I got the season pass for another nine characters, and I haven't even touched it. Haven't even unwrapped it. Uh, But speaking of unwrapping, let's unwrap Punisher Season 2. There are uh, about four notes I have for this one, uh, and and I by the way I loved Punisher season two. I liked that it was kind of very bare bones, very stripped down. It was about Frank's war, which is one of the notes. It's pretty much Frank's war. Um, he's taking out people. He's fighting the John Pilgrim. He's fighting Billy Russo, Jigsaw. He pulls in Curtis, and he gets like a attic kid with Amy and um, and Madonna's back, and oh. The cop from, whose name I'm suddenly forgetting, uh, Mahoney, the cop from Daredevil is back as well as a supporting character, but really it's very stripped down Frank Castle up and killing people and almost getting arrested every three episodes and getting the shit kicked out of him and superhumanly coming back uh, every other episode. I mean, there's, there's a part where, I mean, you find out later that it was uh, like rock salt and beanbag rounds. Um, but, like, when Jigsaw's guys are fucking him up, and it appears as if Frank's been shot in the leg by a shotgun, and just been, uh, just sliced up, uh, repeatedly, it's like, it's inhuman that he gets up and, like, murders a warehouse full of people, but it was awesome. It was awesome watching him murder up and murder an, almost an entire, uh, army in the forest scene in, like, the first, no, second or third episode. Um, I mean, it was just... Awesome. It was very grounded uh, and earnest. Earnest may not be the right word on that one for Punisher, but I like that once again. It's 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 Frank. It's all about Frank. And I know he's the main character, and it sounds dumb when I say that, but I mean it, there's no uh, really subplots with Micro or uh, Curtis or anything like that. Like you already have Russo's backstory. Uh, from the first season, so it's like, it's pretty much him and Jigsaw and John Pilgrim. And John Pilgrim, you don't really get a whole lot about, which I liked. It was like, oh, he was obviously a former white power badass, uh, then he found God, but still badass, and now he's kind of supplemented hate as as a motivation uh, into faith, which is very interesting. I, I like that dichotomy. There is one episode where Frank and Curtis are talking, and Frank says, we got to get off the road. And it was this great moment where Curtis kind of, you can tell Curtis's gears are turning, and he doesn't realize that Frank is literally saying, like, we need to get off the road, we need to get hidden, we need to go back to the hideout, um, which is a, basically a fucking trailer in an industrial section of New York. Uh, I mean, once again, no underground lair with a shit ton of computers, no super van, like, it's Frank in a trailer with a fuckload of guns. But I like that Curtis kind of looks at getting off the road as a metaphor, like what kind of path are we on? What kind of path is Curtis on now that he's kind of been sucked into Frank's vortex of violent shit? 
um, like his war once again that pulls in Madani and and Karen Page from Daredevil. Uh, it pulls in a bunch of people, you know, a lot of very small supporting characters, uh, with, uh, you know, as opposed to the first season that had like a couple big supporting characters like Micro. But I like that, like there was a moment, like you know, almost halfway through the season where this like get off the road idea came in, and it seemed like such a weird throwaway line for Frank, you know, to say like we need to, you know. Uh, seek refuge from the people that are trying to kill us or that, you know, I've pissed off by trying to kill them. And Curtis looks at it as like, get off the road. Like we need to get off the path we're on. Uh, least it ends to their deaths or worse. Almost all the way through the season. And uh, while Karen Page was in the teaser trailer, she's promoted on the posters and images. She's in one fucking episode and she gives up her shoes uh, to give Frank an out, and that's and, and like to save his like reputation, to save his um, emotional state because he thinks he killed these these innocents, and she gives up his shoes, and they find out uh, through the uh, medical examiner more guy that obviously he didn't because he was set up by uh, Jigsaw, who returned Billy Russo with scars that pretty much just make him hotter. It made no sense. I was talking to a a, a coworker at the day job. And she was like, dude, like his scars make him look hotter. I'm like, I know. And then I sent her a picture of what Jigsaw looked like in Punisher Warzone. And she's like, that's what I expected. And I'm like, yeah, I'm right there with you. So yeah, no micro, barely any Karen, um, which I didn't mind. Once again, stripped down all about Frank's war on a parting shot about Punisher. I did want to talk about Jigsaw once again. Yeah. Like Billy Russo, whatever. His makeup was a letdown. Uh, I thought his mask with all the, the lines and shit were like kind of the reconstructed surgery that or that they couldn't pull off and he's going to be like hideously deformed and it was going to be awesome because it's fucking Jigsaw. And then it's like, no, like, yeah, he's not like perfect and pretty anymore, but now he looks like dangerous and hot. Um, and I'm not gay, but you know, I'd, 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 I'd give him a smooch. Uh, and then his death scene when he, you know, calls Curtis and says, come, you know, I don't want to die alone, just don't call the cops, promise me you won't call the cops, and Curtis says, I promise I won't call the cops, and then who does he call? The fucking Punisher, uh, who Billy's like, oh man, like, it's so funny we're here together, and then Frank just, like, up and puts two in him, uh, like, one in the heart, uh, and that's it, and that was the end of Jigsaw, and it was like, yeah, I know that was a whole season-wide cul culmination of Punisher or, or Frank Castle and Madani talking about, like, you know, we should have taken the shot. We didn't take the shot. What could we do? And Madani puts three in him, but he still... Billy still manages to escape somehow. Um, not somehow. I mean, I know how. I just don't want to spoil it all the way for you. Oh, and there are the pipes calling for Jigsaw. But just, like, his death scene was so quick, and it wasn't... It didn't have the emotional impact that I wanted it to, and his scarring didn't have the physical impact that I wanted it to, so the note is just as... as no pun intended, Frank, as I could make it, was Jigsaw let down. I was in, like, just, I, I felt let down by Jigsaw. I'm being a huge comic book fan. I expected more. Um, did I love the season? Absolutely. Am I waiting for the, you know, other shoe to drop and it to be canceled? Because that's what Disney's doing with Netflix? Yeah, I am. But I'm, you know, I'm hoping that Disney figures out something to do with all of their, their shows that they're pulling from Netflix because, the casting is usually pitch perfect. The tones are usually pitch perfect. I mean, 
everything about them works, and for them to squander that, to, to try to shore this up uh, for their own streaming, and I think there's some kind of contractual thing where the characters if from Netflix can't appear in movies or any other visual medium, so I don't know if that means, like, you know, Disney's not going to have Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, uh, Iron Fist, and Luke Cage for another three years, which is is a death note for these characters in, in terms of their specific shows and this specific medium. So, but I loved it. Uh, looking forward to seeing what happens, uh, hopefully, uh, with all of this stuff from Netflix and Disney, but Punisher Season 2 did not disappoint, except for Jigsaw. The Walking Dead mid-season finale came back. Well, I mean, it appeared. It returned. The Walking Dead came back. It walked back. Uh, and this season, once again, doing, like, the, the weird, like, future stuff to, like, push out Rick, where, I mean, you got left wondering, like, what was going on with Rick and the girl from the junkyard, and he's on a medical helicopter, and then it just jumps ahead, like, six years, and they're like, well, you know, the communities are kind of not happy with each other, and Judith has grown a little bit, and, you know, Negan got a haircut, you know, it's like, okay, um, are we ever going to talk about Rick again, or was that just, like, a, a backdoor, you know, that they left open for, you know, if Andrew Lincoln wants to come back, or they need him to come back, uh, something like that, um, or something that's going to, you know, be paid off in, like, two seasons, which is ridiculous. Um, though I do like they've introduced, and they did this at the mid-season finale, they introduced the Whispers, who are these uh, characters who I stopped reading Walking Dead by the time they started really popping up, um, so I know, know of them um, a bit uh, tangentially from just media, um, comics and the TV show, but they basically think the world belongs to the dead now, and the only sane thing to do is to wear the skin of the dead and move with them. Uh, it's terrifying, and uh, they've captured one of them, and I, I love that they haven't... She's been so vague in her confessions, in her interrogation, and she's like, I have the family, and they were good people, and for anyone who hasn't read the comic, and spoilers, of course, she's not talking about living people. She's talking about other zombies, walkers, whatever they call them, lurkers. She's talking about zombies, for fuck's sake, because that's how fucked up these people are, um, and it's terrifying that, you know, no one knows really if it's a zombie or a live person who could attack them and how to react to that offensively, defensively. Um, she at one point says, like, you know, walls don't work. Uh, my mom and I had walls. They did not work. And what does that mean for Alexandria and the kingdom and uh, Seaside or whatever that one was called? I'm forgetting what in there, but anyway... Uh, and, you know, Negan realizes that, you know, there's nothing out there for him. The saviors have been defeated. He's, you know, no one is Negan, as opposed to, you know, I am Negan. No one is Negan, not even Negan at this point. And he returns back uh, and goes like, look, there's nothing for me. I'll go back and I'll deal with whatever it is when I get there. So I'm looking forward. I'm going to catch up on that new episode today when Negan returns to Alexandria. Something that has returned to my life, uh, but is new to everyone else, so to speak, is Doom Patrol on DC Universe. Holy shit. I loved it. Um, I think how clanky Robot Man looks, how they kind of pulled off Crazy Jane and Rita Farr or Elastigirl, guess what she'll do. Even, you know, the negative spirit 
with uh, Negative Man with with Larry Trainer. I like the looks of everything. I like the looks of Nowhere Man when you finally see him. Um, Morden, his name is. And I have been rereading the Grant Morrison run. Uh, I have all three compendiums. And it's one of my biggest influences when I when I write weird shit. Uh, that and Gerard Way's um, Doom Patrol and his Umbrella Academy, which I'll talk about later. But Doom Patrol's... I, I love it. It's just as weird and meta as it should be. It's pulling from the Morrison... Uh, era, which was super weird. Um, I don't know what they're, you know, I don't think they're going to pull off the Scissor Men or the Jack the Ripper God character. Um, the, you know, they probably might, they might do Men from Nowhere. I would love if they did Flex Mentalo. Um, and this is all stuff where you should be reading it. I love it. It's great. Anyway, the Doom Patrol pilot is just as weird um, with the characters. With I love that they, they kind of focused on the psychological damage from Rita Farr and um, Cliff Steele, Robot Man. Brendan Fraser, while getting chubby, uh, which was kind of a shock to me. I mean, I haven't seen him in years, and maybe that's why. And I apparently went through a whole bad divorce and depression, and now he's kind of coming back. But he adds the vulnerability and pathos to the voice of Robot Man that I, I didn't know I wanted, and, I, and I've got now. And Matt Bomber, or Bomer, I don't know how to pronounce it, as as Larry Trainer is a negative man who's a, a daredevil, um, you know, a test pilot who gets possessed by a negative energy. He has this wonderful kind of weird upbeat attitude with this undercurrent of doubt and fear of his powers. And I love it. Um, do I like how they made the negative spirit look? No, not really. Um, I expected something a bit more tangible as opposed to a kind of a weird amorphous electric nervous system looking thing. Um, it's not that like kind of solid ghost character from the comics, but who knows? Uh, they, they might change that up or it might evolve to that. Um, they're doing the, you know, the basic Larry Trainer as opposed to the Grant Morrison run where the negative spirit kind of comes back as a sentient cosmic entity who bonds Larry Trainer with Eleanor Poole, a woman doctor, and they kind of become this male-female paradox, Ouroboros, uh cosmic thing, the, this, you know, thing of contradictions uh, that that was amazing and fun to read as a new character called Rebus. Um, we'll see, you know, where Doom Patrol goes, obviously, but the fact that they've introduced uh, Nowhere Man, who visually looks l as much like you can make it in the comics as as it could in translating to, to CGI, um, but the fact that he's, like, almost there, it's, like, one of those jokes where when you first see him, all the characters say, like, I can't see you properly. It always looks like you're seeing him out of the corner of your eye and your peripheral. And I love how Nowhere Man looks. Uh, Timothy Dalton coming and replacing some guy whose name I suddenly can't remember um, as Niles Calder. Uh, yeah, uh, Timothy Dalton makes it his own, and I like it. There's a kind of caring yet sinister vibe to Niles Calder that gets played out in the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol comics. But I'm interested to see if they pull that in. Uh, into the show, uh, as well as, of course, it ends with a giant vortex and a farting donkey. Why? Because it's Doom Patrol, and it's fucking weird, and why shouldn't it end with a farting donkey? Because that's Doom Patrol. It's weird. It's strange. And I love that it premiered the same day as Umbrella Academy on Netflix, which I haven't seen. So I'm not going to talk about that uh, now. I'm going to talk about the comic. Uh, by uh, Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance, formerly of 
by Chemical Romance, and uh, Gabriel Ba. This is a comic I knew that came highly recommended um, from other comic book writers. It was uh, just showered with awards as a when the first um, miniseries came out, The Apocalypse Suite. But I never read it. It was just one of those, I think I was, you know, moving away from monthly comics, and the trade paperbacks just kind of escaped my notice when they were coming out. And I got, you know, the episodes of Umbrella Academy on Netflix with Ellen Page and Robert Shannon, a um, few others. I, I don't know who off the top of my head. Those are the two I really know. Uh, and it just happened that, like, the same day I, I, I got paid from the day job, and I was like, I'm going to go buy Umbrella Academy book one and two, which I've slammed through. I guarantee it took me less time to read two volumes of that, 12 issues, and a bunch of, like, little um, mini uh, stories that are, you know, kind of supplemental material in the trade paperbacks, then it's going to take me to watch the first season of Umbrella Academy. I mean, I slammed through those books. I haven't read a book, a, a comic, a trade paperback that fast since I got into Preacher for the first time, I don't know how long ago, where Preacher, I was averaging a book a day, and those were like six to eight issues, and I was just like devouring them. And I did that with Umbrella Academy because... The characters are so strange and unique and endearing, and uh, I mean, just Gerard Way's Gerard Way's way of leaving you on cliffhangers from page to page is just masterful in terms of the craft of writing comics, and the fact that every page is something strange and unique. Which, once again, read Umbrella Academy, read his run on Doom Patrol. I think it only amounted to two books. I read the first one; I was just blown away. It, it You can tell it's his love letter to Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, but it brings something new in as well with uh, that, that character that's uh, the EMT and all that. I haven't read it in a while, so I don't have the names off the top of my head. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll probably uh, watch Umbrella Academy uh, this week and then talk about it next week, and I'll compare it to the book because that's what you come here to hear, hopefully. And uh, that's that's the vomitorium, and that's my little one thing. Leave you on a cliffhanger, like Gerard Way. Like I'll compare and contrast the Umbrella Academy next week. Probably do that for for a while. That'll bore you, and I'm sorry, but it's the stuff I love. On that note, uh, that's my vomit. That's my nerd vomit. All about this stuff. And next week I'll be vomiting about the Umbrella Academy. So bring your Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Ugh, I'm better than that. So this has been Nerd Vomit. I'm Doug. Nerd. Vomit. Keywords right there. Bullet points. And I'm out like a boner in sweatpants. If you like this, check out some of our other shows like Exotic Liability, No Applause, Just the Clap, and Black Falls. We can be found at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for The BACN on Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play. Oh, yeah.